Wrestling Perspective Network is brought to you by BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code WPP. Just pay $5 shipping. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, good brothers, good sisters, welcome back to another great episode of The Revisionist Booking, heard right here on the Wrestling Perspective Network. What shenanigans can Michael Barry and RG get into? Make sure you tune in this week, and as always, let the Revisionist Revolution begin. I am the man with the magical voice, and we have a very special guest with us today, Cam from a Couple Marks Wrestling Podcast. Cam, how are you doing today, bud? Hey, I'm great, RJ, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. How are y'all? Oh, we're doing great. We're a little, um, I'm about two feet deep in snow here, so up here in upstate New York. I know you're staying fairly warm down there in Florida, so. I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was 50 with high winds, so we're just. We're indoors all day today. We don't know how to handle it. So um, we we started a fire, uh, made some hot chocolate. They're really trying to weather the bad storm down here. So we know how you feel. Uh, let's see, 50 and windy. I'd probably be in shorts by now, but yeah, no, we're uh, we're in multiple layers, putting shutters on the windows. Well, there you have it. Yeah. Well, you know, salting, I know Michael's salting about down to the Yeah. No, my uh, my wife uh, picked a good time. I know I talked to both of you guys about it too. Is uh, my wife picked a great time to go down to Orlando for work, and it's uh, yeah. she sends pictures of me with sunshine. She's sitting listening to music outside. And I'm like, <laughs> if I go outside, I'm gonna get like frostbit and uh, frostburn in uh, probably uh, a couple minutes flat. But yeah, yeah, it's nice down here, man. I do not envy you guys, and I will. Uh, that's one of many reasons why I will never live north of uh, North Carolina. That's as far north <laughs> as I. As far north as I'll live, I'll travel all the way up there, but that's as far north as I'll live. Yeah, that works. I, I, I'm, I'm as close to as north as you can get. Michael thinks I'm Canadian, so I'm that far north. So now, yeah. now, RJ, we all know you are indeed Canadian. And Cam, of course, welcome to the show. And as always, you're welcome. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> So obviously today we're going over the uh, 2004 Royal Rumble. But first, before we get into that, you know, kind of give us a little bit of your background, Cam. Going into depth what uh, a couple of Mark's Wrestling Podcast actually is for our listeners that uh, that don't know your podcast. Yeah, um, I appreciate that. Uh, I won't be too long. But when I was growing up, I lived in Atlanta. My dad actually worked in Turner Towers. So he was a floor below WCW. So he rode the elevator with all the guys and, and all the boys and obviously working in Turner. I was a WCW kid. Chris growing up actually watched wrestling behind his parents' back because he didn't think that they would approve of it, which is just a great story to hear him tell. And, uh, and he was a WWF kid, so it was actually a lot of fun. 
he's got a decade plus of WWF and Attitude Era, and I've got the decade plus of the WCW world and and what that's like. So it was a lot of fun. And then in um, in 2016, we just thought, hey, maybe one day other people will want to hear our thoughts. And uh, so we started a couple marks, and we came up with a name because above all else, we are fans and. I will pop for just about anything, and I always want to remember that I'm a fan before I'm a critic and before I'm somebody that just wants to vent on Twitter about all the ways that the wrestling world is screwing up and how I could run everything better. You know, obviously we get a lot of on Twitter. We wanted to remind everybody that we're fans, and so we... We talk about the week of wrestling, we talk about anything, anywhere from WWE to some of the indie circuits that run near me. We like to have interviews on, and then we like to do something which which we do called Coach's Corner. we got a third member, the coach, and he comes up with, you know, best ofs, top tens, fantasy bookings, what, you know, what would you do, would you rather, that kind of stuff, and, and we kind of sit around and argue and debate on that. And then we really try and take topics that a lot of people talk about and look at them in maybe a way that people don't analyze it or look at it. That's what we do, and so, yeah. That's that, No, that's awesome, Cam. Um, I, I actually do have a question for you. So uh, given that you said uh, you were more of a WCW fan growing up, what would yeah. you say, uh, in your opinion, was your favorite moment? And then, in turn, what would you say was your not-so-favorite moment? Okay, I will give you, uh, I'll give you answers when I was a child, and then I'll give you answers now looking back on it. Sure. To this day, two of my favorite things, and this is going to be really weird, the first time Sting came down from the rafters, because it was cool, but he also terrified me because I was a kid, Mm -hmm. and anybody in face paint, you know, when you're nine terrifies you but i thought it was awesome that he came down from the rafters one of my favorite tag teams of all time is harlem heat mm. when they got their title run you know i went like crazy and then my not so favorite moment was obviously the hogan turn mm. which by the way if i may for a second i saw a video online where they did the top 20 most unsuspecting heel turn and hogan's turn at bash was ninth on their list mm. of top mm. And I felt really insulted as a wrestling fan. And somebody asked me what was eight through one, and I said, I don't know. I turned it off. Um, (laughs) At that point, I don't value your opinion at all after you make a video like that. Sure. Um, And I think as an adult, going back and watching it and watching the demise of it was the moment I realized Vince Russo was on TV. I think that's a sad moment for me as an adult. WCW world. Wow. Um, but also anything to do with Goldberg. I got to meet him, so that was really cool. And I just, he's one of my favorites. So. Yeah, I know. A lot of, I got a lot few of those... ways tied. Yeah, you're good. My, my three favorite wrestlers of all time, I won't list them one, two, or three. You can't make me. But I'll give you three at number one. And it's uh, Goldberg, Sting, and Rey Mysterio. And those will forever be my three, always, until I die. So I actually, Cam, I have a follow-up question uh, for you. So you, you were assuming here, but I... It sounds that you were younger than me, uh, you know, in kind of the twilight days of WCW. Um, yeah. So, as a kid, as a, as a younger kid, were you a fan of the movie um, Ready to Rumble? <laughs> yes, I was. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I was. I thought just when you when you get to see wrestlers that you love and then they end up in movies, you just kind of gravitate towards it because you know. Looking sure. back on it now, if I, if I rewatched Ready to Rumble, I'd probably there'd probably be a lot of cringeworthy acting moments. 
Uh, but when you're that young, when it comes out, you just love, love seeing your favorite wrestlers on TV. So you don't care. But yeah, I forever love them. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, even so, I believe when that movie came out, that was what two thousand and one. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. or 2000. So I was 20, 21 yeah. years old, somewhere in that range. And I actually liked the movie, but, you know, I was, you know. Well, but I yeah. said 2000, teach their own. You said 2001, you were 20? 21. In Man, you're old. I was 11, so. I was, I was just well, we graduating high different. school. <laughs> RJ, you're not that much younger than me, plus you're Canadian. Let's consider. So that's in, that's in, uh, in uh, not meters, but. Uh, yeah, in Canadian years. What is that? <laughs> I think it's. I think it's more. Overinflated. That's what it is. It's all that. It's all that. It's all that beer and uh, the uh, the uh, boontine we have up here. So. Yeah. All the <laughs> so yeah. So no. Yeah. Definitely. It, listening to your guys' podcast is obviously for those that don't know. Been listening to a couple marks since pretty much since the beginning since you guys started and you know yeah. I, it's always always enjoyed uh, always enjoyed listening and. Obviously, you've taken a little bit of hiatus there. Obviously, you know, life happens just like everybody <laughs> through everybody else, and it's definitely glad to have you guys back uh, on the airwaves, so to speak. Yeah, man, we yeah we had to take a hiatus. It was crazy. Chris was Chris was graduating college. I was going through some stuff, and then the tail end of last year, Coach got um, diagnosed with prostate cancer. Oh, jeez. So kind of all that stuff happened. Um, they caught it super early. Went in one surgery everybody's good everything's great he's just healing and recovering but yeah yeah 2018 was nuts and we just got we just got too burnt out man i mean we were recording we were recording three to five times a week yeah so that would kill anybody and we did that for almost a year before we took i mean we did that for almost 2017 and now we realize that no we will never do that again so Mm -hmm. we've limited ourselves we get to record twice a week and that's it that's our max if we get yeah. to two, two, we won't go any higher than two. So. But I yeah, appreciate I you having me on, man. This is awesome. Appreciate yeah, definitely, definitely. I know, and definitely, it's one of those things too, where a lot of the a lot of the coaches' corners that you guys have done with uh, yourself and Chris and Coach, and it's kind of like, oh man, that's gonna kind of like the wheelhouse of our new show and stuff. So it's like, oh yeah. man, we gotta have either you or have even the group, all three of you on. And obviously, it's hard to nail all three of you down at one time. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely good. Definitely glad to have you on. So, 2004 Royal Rumble uh, on the 25th of January 2004, 15 years to the date this Friday, uh, as this airs on Tuesday, as you're hearing this, came to us from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in the Wachovia Center, which is now, I believe, MCI Center, maybe wherever the Caps play. Yeah, I don't care about the Caps. Yeah. Well. Something like that. <laughs> I, I, I know. I, I know. I got. Uh, I know. I probably got Chris popping one one way or another. But oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's true. We this uh, we had seven, a little over seventeen thousand fans, and at this point, you know, we're kind of at that uh, turning point in the WWE. You know, we had you know trying to get out of that little attitude era, trying to get to that ruthless aggression era, and you know, a lot of surprisingly enough, a lot of these fans, you know. For being in Philadelphia, you had ECW. You had a lot of ECW guys on this card to go before this crowd. You know, Philadelphia is always a raucous crowd. No matter where you are, who you are, it's always going to be a fun time to get uh, 
get this show on the road, but this was back in the day when we had heat. For those listeners that don't know what heat is, heat was basically, it's called Sunday Night Heat, which is basically the pre-show, for better use of terms, for the WWE at this time, but it would air on, I believe it was MTV at this time. And we had Victoria defeat Molly Holly, uh, which I don't know why that was on the, well, I know why it was on the heat match, but um, I'm surprised it wasn't on the on the um, on the main card, but you know I digress at this point. Obviously, the women have come a come a very long way since then. So our main card started off with a the tag team tables match for the I believe it was the world heavyweight or world tag team championships, which were held by Ric Flair and Batista Evolution. They took on the Dudley boys and defeated them in about four minutes and 23 seconds. You know, it was what it was. You know, it wasn't, you got all four of these guys I like very much. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, when you have Ric Flair, it was very weird for me anyway, seeing Ric Flair coming out without his robe on. So, that's yeah. just me. Yeah, th- this was uh, this was interesting. So, this was actually a tables match. Uh, so yeah. you, obviously for those that don't know everyone, I would assume would know, but for those that may not know, you know, a tables matches when you, when you, in order to win the match, you have to, um, put your opponent or opponents through a table. Uh, so yeah, this was a very short limited match and you speak to it, Ric Flair not coming out in his robe really at this point, Ric Flair was almost kind of like. I, and and I, I really hesitate. I, I I don't want to use the the term enhancement talent because that's not Ric Flair was never enhancement talent, but he was kind of, you know, the elder statesman or the elder member or but he was kind of that guiding person, right? He was that mentor, uh, mm-hmm. uh for Batista and so you know obviously and, and for Randy Orton and of course Triple H. So um you know here it, a, a little bit of an odd uh coupling in Batista. And Ric Flair, you would think maybe it would be, you know, Batista and Randy Orton. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, th- this was a little bit out of Ric Flair's element. But the one thing that Ric Flair could always do and always did fairly well, especially as a heel, was sell. And he did a great job in this match of that. Yeah, it was really interesting um, with this match. Uh, you know, watching it and then coming back to it, this was so brilliant, I thought, for the writers putting... You know, as you talked about, it's weird seeing Nature Boy, one, in a tag team, and two, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of the older guy with Batista, but I think it was really brilliant because he had, they had just enough miles that they still wanted to get something out of him. Right. And and pairing him with a guy like Batista was, was just, a, it was a great, you know, it was a great spot because Batista could do a lot of the, you know, no pun intended, heavy lifting there for a tag team, which you would need him to do, but... Flair brought legitimacy to the early stages of Batista's career when they knew they needed to get him over in the long term. Mm-hmm. And they needed a belt in Batista, and by giving another belt to Flair, which, you know, makes a lot of sense, because it's Flair, and if he doesn't have a belt, he looks awkward, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for his career. So I thought uh, I thought it was really smart, and uh, and I thought, it was, I thought it was really great creatively for them to do that. Yeah, you know, and I, I think it's a lot of the, especially with the Royal Rumbles, a lot of these matches to begin the to begin the cards, a lot of them, not just this one in general, but very short matches. 
you know, three, like four or five minute matches, obviously because we have the hour log Royal Rumble at the end. But, you know, for, you know, for a guy that used to go 60 minutes twice, you know, twice a night and twice a weekend or what have you, it's, you know, it's hard. It was a little bit hard for me to watch anyways, because, you know, he's kind of winded down quite a bit. So, but I found it ironic. Maybe it's just me, but aren't both both members of the team have to go through the table to win or is it just no it was it was just one oh okay i I was just wondering because i know normal normal table matches that i've seen you know yeah that both uh both members go through but like i said i digress uh short match another short match we had the cruiserweight championship next which was uh, ray mysterio the champion taking on jamie noble with his quote-unquote blind girlfriend nidia uh, was she blind? Who knows? I don't think so, but we can leave that up to uh, anticipation. But another short match, a little over three minutes. Uh, we saw Mysterio beat Noble. You know, it, just like the you know we saw the women's match on the pre-show. Uh, you know, at this time the cruiserweights were kind of just a handful of guys, maybe about three or four guys, and that was about it. They basically faced each other every couple couple months or what have you, but. You know, Ray Mysterio still going at it all these years later, still going good with uh, basically the bionic man that he is with his multiple knee surgeries and ankle surgeries and all that good stuff. So, but it was definitely good to see it. Definitely lived up the lived up to everything that I remember, anyways. Watching this over again. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing here was, of course, Nidia's interference this time uh, backfiring. So, a little bit of history here. Uh, the way Jamie Noble got into this match and got this title shot uh, was by defeating um, Tajiri uh, with the help of the quote-unquote blind Nidia. So here um, you had uh, Nidia kind of interject herself thinking it was Rey Mysterio going to hit the ropes, but it was actually Jamie Noble, and she grabbed his leg, and it allowed Rey Mysterio the, uh, to to uh, set him up, uh, you get the advantage, I should say, uh, and he got the 619 and, uh, and the victory. Yeah. Quick match. Let's go back have a beer. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was good to see. You know, I've always been a fan of having managers out in uh, ringside, and like I said, that was that was so many years ago. I don't think we're ever going to see it really again outside of Paul Heyman. But you know, time time will tell, I guess. So, you know, the next match was probably one of my favorite, if not the favorite match on this card. Uh, we may we could probably talk about this one a little bit longer, but it was Uncle Eddie versus his nephew Chavo Guerrero. Uh, Eddie Guerrero taking on Chavo Guerrero. They did a whole heck of a lot of build for this match. Uh, you know, they brought in Chavo Senior, Chavo Classic, as they would come to call him. Uh, you know, they broke up the whole tag team of Los Guerreros. They did this whole build up. And, you know, and I think this match, uh, you know, it lived up to it. It lived up to everything that I thought it would be and more. My only gripe is, though, I wish this wasn't uh, the last time we saw this. Um, obviously, for, you know, the listeners and you guys, obviously, you go down the road, we're going to see Guerrero beat Lesnar for the uh, w, or the uh, WWE title uh, at, uh, I believe it was No Mercy. <laughs> 
coming up. So obviously he was going to, you know, he had bigger, they had bigger hopes for him. So I think that's why they kind of did this a one, uh, one and done kind of thing. But, you know, eight minute match out of these two guys, they could probably go another eight if they really wanted to. So, you know, watching these guys for me anyways, watching these in WCW and that was your wheelhouse too, Cam. So I'm sure you, I'm sure you remember these guys back in the day. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. It's always fun. And, and I really, I think this is one of the more underrated storylines, just the Eddie and Chavo. And, you know, by the way, props to coming up with the nickname Chavo Classic. I mean, Mm. and again, another underrated, just great. You don't need to change it. You didn't need to give him the classic. But Mm. you throw it in there, and it makes it awesome. And Mm. then you move on. And, and yeah, I really enjoy uncle versus nephew and the family dynamic and – Chavo turning and breaking up Los Guerreros and then where they both went and that kind of springboarded Eddie into what he what he became. And man, it was a, it was a heck of a good storyline written. Yeah, certainly. I mean, and also considering you had Kurt Angle and his involvement in the storyline, um, you know, really when you think about it, um, that that the whole storyline and kind of the complexity but yet simplicity of it, uh, and that may not make sense to most people, but um, basically you had something that made you think but didn't make you think to the point where you had a headache. And I think that's something that I would dare say is missing in today's uh, current WWE product. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's that kind of that in-depth storyline. The problem, you know, not that we try to, we don't try to dwell on the current product as much, obviously, but that's, there's not a lot of time. You know what I mean? You got to worry about this. You got to worry about that. There's so other, so many moving pieces that you have to do. Okay, you have to hit X amount of commercials for this to for advertising. You have to have X amount for this, and it's just it's maddening when you try to you try to figure it out and you think you do, and then it just blows up in your face. But now, one thing I did notice, I don't know if they did this on purpose or if this was his music after the fact, but did you notice that Chavo came out to Eddie Guerrero's WCW music? I did not notice that. Like, no. I don't know if Chavo used that later on after Eddie left. He kind of adopted that, but if you go back and listen to that, it was the old Jimmy Hart. Um, I, I don't, I'm not going to sing it because I don't want to drive away <laughs> listeners even more. Um, yes, but, please don't. And Cam, obviously, you you being a WCW guy, I'm sure you probably remember that old Eddie, yeah. Eddie music. Yeah, and that was one of the fun things too, is because people find people actually started coming out to songs, the music. Mm-hmm. So the first string of guys that came in was, I mean, you remember their, you remember their intros because it was the first ones you ever remember hearing, the first ones that music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. It was just it was it was kind of one of those things where you know obviously knowing it now obviously what's happened you know in, in later on we unfortunate circumstances but when I heard that I'm like I got kind of I had a look at my arm I had kind of my hair was standing up on my arms and I had goosebumps a little bit because I remember going back to those days and listening to him taking on you know the likes of Mysterio and uh, uh, Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko and those cruiserweight battles that they had and yeah. You know, Oh man, Laparca, Psychosis, Hooventu. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is just... that is the greatest lineup of wrestlers in one division, I think, that may have ever been put together. Yeah, I, I and, and the thing is though, I really I'm at least in the WWE, I, I really don't see that 
you can have your arguments of the current 205 live. Yeah, great. But I don't think you're going to see that type of lineup ever again in WWE. Um, could they try? Yeah. You know, they could go out and raid the indies like they've had and, you know, grab this guy, grab that guy. But, you know, when you have Guerrero, Benoit, and Hoovy, and Psychosis, uh, you know, La Parca, all these great guys, it's like, okay, you can't really, you can't mess that up. And they've, you know, from the shows that we've done on WCW, Michael, it was just, you see all these cruiserweight matches and they're starting off because they always want to start off hot, you know? Yeah, well, and don't forget Jericho. Right. Yeah, true. Early on, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, if you're going to have a list there, uh, RJ, it, you better have the list of Jericho. <laughs> uh, I made the list. I always make the list, you know? The good list or the bad list, I'm always on it, you know? You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, indeed. So, you know, our next match, you know, had a lot of buildup, but it didn't have as much buildup as, you know, the Guerreros. Uh, we saw... Uh, Brock Lesnar putting his heavyweight championship on the line against uh, Hardcore Holly, which was a fairly interesting uh, pairing. Mm. I got why they did it. Mm. Did I like it? Not so much. Um, oh. Obviously, we saw the precursor with Brock Lesnar attempting to powerbomb, dropping Holly on his neck, uh, breaking his neck, shoot, reel, whatever. I don't know. But... Uh, you know, at this time, who else haven't we seen to go up against Lesnar? Yes, you can say, okay, we can put Angle or, you know, anybody else show against him. Great. But it was what it was. It got it got Lesnar to the next, it got Lesnar to Guerrero at the next pay-per-view. That's basically what it did. Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest issue here, it, it, no disrespect to, to, to Bob Holly. I mean, that guy would, you know beat my backside easily but you know I, I i just think that this match screamed of a of a, a main event on a raw and i know there's not much different difference today and again not to keep bringing up today's product but at least back then i just felt like i i don't know that i really bought into hardcore holly um really being you know going after the uh, WWE championships. You know, and I think it was one of those things is, you know, he he's been, at this point, you know, he's been around for so long and he's never really had, you know, that big, you know, 15 minutes of fame, what have you. Obviously, he's had the, ran with the hardcore championship, but at that point, it's like, okay, you know, at the, at the end of the day, if you got nothing for anybody, nothing for somebody, eh, throw them in a hardcore match. Who cares, you know? But you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it can't, you can't really make more out of it than it was. So to our main event, obviously before the Royal Rumble, we saw Tri Triple H, the World Heavyweight Championship with the big gold belt, which I absolutely love on Shawn Michaels in a last man standing match. This match was obviously was going to be the longest outside the Rumble. It was going to be the longest match on or longest uh, time match on the card. Obviously not not a lot of build up to this too with his whole Michaels coming back and back surgery. SummerSlam we saw him in a I believe it was a street fight. It was just wow. <laughs> you know we saw you know we saw. HBK, whether it, uh, you know, get busted open going over on the Spanish announcing table. So, 
Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. The, both of these, uh, both both HBK and Triple H here, um, both wore the crimson masks. Um, and you know, it's something that you won't necessarily see today like we saw back then. Um, but it was it was a heck of a match. You know, obviously a, a, a ton of psychology there, and uh, really just uh, a great match. The live crowd did not appreciate the ending. I think we all get why they had the ending the way they did, um, but that's why we're kind of here uh, with an opportunity to revisit it and, and potentially rebook it. So um, that's kind of what I got out of this match. Yeah, you know, kind of, you know, like I said, it lived up to the anticipation. You know, obviously we know what it led to at uh, WrestleMania 20. You know, Benoit making, obviously we're foreshadowing now, but going forward we saw Benoit win the Rumble make it a triple threat match at Mania at uh, WrestleMania 20 in Madison Square Garden. And we all know what happened with that. So, well, like I said, without further ado, if, uh, Cam, if you don't have anything, we can get to, uh, get to our cards. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to hope I say something smart. <laughs> hey, you know, that's why, that's why I said it before. And I'm like, Hey, you know, just, you know, go with it, man. That's, we were here to have fun. You know, it, there's no, there's no wrong, way of booking it even though michael tells me a lot of the times that i'm booking it wrong yeah because you are booking it wrong yeah cam so i think the takeaway here is that (laughs) i'm wrong (laughs) well not only is is our friend rj wrong but uh if rj can do it each and every week i'm sure you'll have not a problem here so let rj go first and then just do the opposite Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. So, so basically, my six-year-old son made my card for me, so he can take it. Uh, he can take uh, credit for it. So, way to go! All way right, go. well, uh, so real quick, guys, before we get into the cards, we do need to go ahead and swing it over to our promo for our special sponsor of the Wrestling Perspective Network, and that is Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made right in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all of our listeners here at Revisionist Booking Podcast. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code WPP. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code WPP to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for supporting the network. And as always, you're welcome. Back guys, and uh, that was a great. You know, our sponsors are great, but you know what's even better is when we get to have a little fun. You know, with our special guests, with Cam, myself, Michael, and actually rebook this card. Uh, this was a card that you know you can kind of you know you don't really have to do a lot of work to it, but you know, I'll start off. I kind of had a, I kind of tweaked it just a hair, but my first match of this pay per view 
is going to pit Evolution, Ric Flair, Dave Batista taking on the Basham Brothers in a WWE and World Tag Team cha- Championship unification match. So there's only going to be one tag team championship going through both brands. We're going to see Evolution, as they always do, Ric Flair, Michael, you know, I said it before, I'll say it again, I will never, and I mean never, book Ric Flair to lose. You can try. You can try to have him lose, but it's not possible, and it won't happen here either. You know, he's that wily veteran, Batista's a young stallion, uh, in that stable that is evolution, taking out, you know, you know, the Bastion brothers, eh, you know, they're good, but they're not as good as Evolution. Evolution, going over the Bastion brothers, your new undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, Evolution. Very interesting. And just, you know, a little quick correction here, RJ. You've booked Ric Flair to lose now, what, twice during our ringside rant chat segment? Technically, yes, but with, yeah, I think he lost by disqualification or... You know, so he technically didn't lose. They shenanigans happened. There's ways around it. I can find a loophole. Fun times. <laughs> um, so let's let our guest Cam. Would you like to go next with your um, first match? Uh, yeah. So I just kind of reworked the card. I didn't really change anybody in or out. I just kind of changed outcome or changed storylines along the way. So. Sweet. So I'm starting off the night with Ray and Jamie Noble. I want to get the crowd going. What better way than putting the cruiserweights on to start the night? We talked about that in the WCW days. That's yep. how you popped them. I'd like, you know, if I've got control of the time limit, I'd obviously like them to go a little bit longer too. I've got Ray still going over, but I've got Nidia actually injuring Jamie Noble during the match mm-hmm. and causing him to. You know, he's on. A, he's going for a top rope move, or he's going for a top turnbuckle move, or something like that. I didn't really work that part in there, but somehow Nidia finds herself on the apron, and um, she causes Nobles to fall over. He tears something, you know, whatever. And uh, and Ray goes for Ray goes for the cover, gets the roll up, and then Nobles is sidelined. That furthers the Nobles Nidia injury. And then I can throw a couple more people in there that I'd be interested in and getting to before Mania. Maybe somebody else that's on the card right now also. Awesome. There you go. Very well done. That's an interesting sign. For sure, for sure. Um, So my first match, um, although I do, I will say, Cam, very uh, good selection there to start off. I wish I had thought of uh, starting off with the Cruiserweight match because that was a tried and true formula for WCW. Um, However, my first match will pit we're going to see it basically be unchanged here. Um, Evolution and the Dudleys in a table match. But, you know, I, and pretty much I think that match was booked uh, the best way possible. Um, you know, you had Batista and you had Ric Flair. And here we are going to see uh, basically the same outcome as Evolution will successfully retain their titles uh, and defeat the Dudleys in a table match. Very good. Very good. And as always, you're welcome, right? Oh my, stealing it yet again, sir. Well, I'm the magical one, so I gotta steal something. So my next match is going to be the Guerrero feud match. This time, however, I'm gonna have you know you saw Angle, you 
know, kind of, you know, be on Eddie's side, you know, coach him up. Hey, you know, stick. He's your nephew, blah, blah, blah. Well, not so much. You know, you know how Angle has been so uh, weaselly, I guess you could say, in the past. This time, you're going to see Angle kind of do a run in a turn on Eddie, costing him this match, as we're going to see Chavo, the nephew, beat his uncle Eddie, one, two, three, in the middle of the ring, and thus, you know, trying to start that Angle-Eddie feud going forward a little bit that we'd see, you know, obviously future, obviously now in uh, in WrestleMania 20. So my second match, Chavo Guerrero going over Eddie Guerrero. Wow, the Angle run-in. I like it. <laughs> I love a good. I love a good running. So why not? I'm good there. That's a really good one. I like that. So my second match, I actually moved Lesnar and Holly to my uh-huh. second match because listen, Lesnar broke Hardcore Holly's neck. Like I don't care, work shoot whatever, shoot. But like if somebody broke my neck, I will forever be mad at them, right? Is that fair? Just in life, if we're going to write this like it's a real-life thing, I'm going to forever get me mad at them, right? Yep. So Lesnar and Holly start the night off. You know, Holly ends up getting his shot, you know, regardless of whether or not he deserved the shot at this moment. I mean, Slim Pickens, he finds his name in the ring, great. It's a DQ. Holly just goes berserk. Mm. Uh, I mean, like, bell rings, Holly goes crazy, he ends up finding a chair, puts Lesnar through a table at some point referees, officials are coming out trying to get, he broke his neck. Like, if you get a dude in one-on-one in a ring and broke your neck, like, you're going to go beat the tar out of him. And then, throughout the night, they get Holly out, you know, they're, they're put, they're helping Lesnar up, you know, he's limping, he's walking out on his own-ish, so you're building strength with him there after being mauled by hardcore Holly. But he's being walked to the back room, and in between every match, they cut to the back, and Hardcore Holly continues to find Lesnar backstage. Mm. And it's just beat-up segments. He beats him up, they throw him out. He beats him up, they throw him out of the arena. He finds his way back in the arena through the crowd or whatever, gets in through the back, and just continues to find Lesnar until finally they have to kick him out. And then, you know, the next night, it's you're suspended without pay or whatever, you get him out for a little bit, and then boom, we move Brock onto what he needs to be doing after that. Very well done. But Lesnar survives every beatdown, which builds Lesnar. It builds him. It 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 builds him as as how strong he is, and it gets some sympathy from the fans, which is big. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Awesome. So uh, my next match, uh, I am gonna. This is where I start to tinker a little bit. It is going to be for the Cruiserweight uh, Championship of the World, but it will be a triple threat match. Here we will see it'll be Tajiri versus Rey Mysterio versus Jamie Noble. And basically, uh, it's going to be your typical triple threat where you you have your uh, two faces kind of team up on the heel, what have you. We're going to get back and forth, but you're going to uh, basically see Noble get Blind Nitty involved, and it's going to backfire. Uh, kind of in a similar fashion, but you're, what's going to happen here is you're going to have, this is kind of an angle they had ran previously on a SmackDown leading up into this, Nidia's going to get hurt, or Cell getting hurt, you're going to see uh, Mysterio kind of go and check on Nidia, make sure she's okay. Well, through all the ruckus and chaos, 
while Mysterio goes to check on Nidia, you're actually going to get um, Tajiri to come from behind, roll up, and pin Jamie Noble uh, and win the Cruiserweight Championship. So here, Tajiri goes over and wins the Cruiserweight Championship uh, with, like I said, a smudge finish. Um, and you can kind of continue to build this story uh, post-Royal uh, Rumble. Hmm. Interesting. I think I'm the only one between the two of you, or between all of us, that didn't book a uh, Cruiserweight match. Hmm. You hate the Cruiserweights, clearly. You're Canadian, that's why. Wow. Well, obviously. Well, I only well, I only care about one cruiserweight, and that's Petey Williams. Wow. You there got you the hard bloodline running through you. You just yeah. <laughs> there you go, boy. So anywho, <laughs> we can edit that out. Best yeah, there yeah, wasn't. Right. He'll keep it in there just for that. So my next match is going to be a title match. It's going to be for the Intercontinental Championship. We didn't see this on the mat, on the uh, on the main card. We saw Orton in the Rumble, but I figured you know. At this time, the Intercontinental Championship, workhorse title, it's got to be defended in pay-per-view. I'm going to put him against Mr. Pay-per-view, not Mr. Mr. Monday Night, Mr. Pay-per-view, whatever you want to call him. He's called RVD. However, you know the history that's coming up with Orton, with Mick Foley. So, you know, that mind, you know, that's in the back of everybody's mind. So... They're thinking, okay, when's Foley going to come out? When's Foley going to come out? Ah, he's not coming out. You know, you're going to see him laid up in the back. They're going to break to the back. And you're going to see Evolution walking by. So you know Foley's not coming out now. So you know it's going to be a one-on-one match. So, you know, a lot of back and forth. Or in the Younger Lion, you know, RVD's wildly veteran at this point, you know, doing a lot of high-flying moves. But then, out of the back, what do we hear? Mick Foley is in the ring. He's coming down the ring. He's hobbling. He wasn't knocked out. He's coming to the ring. He's going to cost Randy Orton the Intercontinental Championship, your new IC title heavyweight champion, RVD. That worked out a lot better in my mind than I actually, you know, I figured it was going to work out that way. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, you know, like asking me to edit in Mick Foley's mankind's music correct yeah well that too but i like the effort you tried i, I do i like the effort. that is good effort though yeah. hey i get the a for effort right <laughs> well done well very well that 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 might actually be a shirt that you might have gotten one right there <laughs> oh yeah oh that'd be a good shirt that'd that's the only one i'm gonna get <laughs> yeah. that's oh god i'm just the worst <laughs> No, that was well done, though, sir. Hey. Well, it's a thought that matters. Hey. Yeah, I like putting the IC belt on the card. That's, yeah. I like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> my third match is going to be Eddie and Chavo. Chavo comes out with classic, right? They've been working Eddie for the last couple of weeks. The turn, it's been ugly. They've been teaming up on him. They've been beating him, all that stuff. Eddie comes out. And so they come, Chavo and Classic come out first. And Eddie comes out second, car, whatever, all that good stuff. But he's got a mic. And as he's walking to the ring, he starts to cut a promo. I'm not going to do the Eddie voice or an Eddie promo because nobody on the planet is good enough to mimic that. So I'm not going to. But he starts talking about how 
you know, Latino heat, Los Guerreros, the most important thing is family. Um, you know, you made this personal when you brought your dad in, you know, I'm your uncle, you're my nephew, all this kind of stuff. If you want to make this a family affair, then let's make this a family affair. And Eddie Guerrero's music hits again, and Hector Guerrero comes out. Mm. So Hector Guerrero is now in Eddie's corner. So this is a whole family affair now. So I still have Eddie winning. I still have him going over Chavo. But with Hector in the corner, Hector and Chavo Classic get into it on the outside of the ring, which who wouldn't want to see that? And then it's just an all-out brawl of Guerreros around the ring and inside the ring. Frog, Splash, one, two, three. Eddie wins, but you keep that storyline for a little bit of a while. And Hector may be a one-off, but you can keep that going for a little while. And at least Eddie is smart enough now to know when to even up the odds or when to run into a two-on-one fight. And that night, he needed to even up the odds, so he called on some family to do it. Very interesting. Might I suggest you could add some stakes to the to that match as well? Please. So the <laughs> the losers, uh, I assume father Hector was Eddie's father, correct? Um, so no, the, oh, he was not. He was his brother, brother. right? Brother. Well, either way, the, the 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 loser, whoever came out to to the aid of of the the either Chavo or Eddie between Hector and Chavo Classic, the loser yeah. had to become the new gobbledygooker. <laughs> I knew you were gonna. Oh man, how are you gonna do Hector like that? Oh jeez. Oh, no. I had to. Oh, oh god, that was great. I'm glad you made you're that. not. You're not welcome for that. You're <laughs> welcome. Yeah, no, that deserves that. That deserves yeah. that. Hey, a. a for effort. A for effort for sure. A, a, a plus. Yeah. So yeah. No. Uh, that's 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 excellent. Uh, great insight there, Cam. I, I really that that's a great job there. Um, so for me, moving on to the next match, mine is going to be Eddie um, and Chavo as well. But you know, I'm gonna pretty much stick with how they kind of approach this match. Uh, not really gonna go into changing it. Uh, maybe outside of stealing Cam's idea and getting Hector Hector involved. Uh, and the and the aforementioned gobbledygooker stakes. No, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, so yeah. But basically here, I think you have Eddie go over because the plan for him is to obviously become a much bigger deal in the near term. Yeah, definitely. You know, and that's you know looking back at it now. You know, we've had the conversation about Eddie and WCW, and you know, it, it's great to see where he ended. Obviously, not you know ended up in the company after this, but. Um, anyways, so my next match is going to be my fourth match of the night. It's going to be for the WWE Championship, Brock Lesnar taking on Kurt Angle. So, and you're thinking, okay, Kurt Angle, you know, he should be in a rumble. Why is he in a title match? We've already seen this at WrestleMania 19. Why are we going to see it now? You know Why? Because this is what people want to see. This is what's best for business. You know, you have two workhorses, two guys that could probably go 60 minutes themselves in a match. But obviously, they're not going to happen in this in this pay-per-view. But we're going to see Lesnar come out, you know, puffing his muscles. You know, Angle being the angle that he is. However, you know, we saw Angle make an appearance earlier in the pay-per-view with, uh, in Eddie's match. In this match, we're going to see 
you know, Eddie doing that lying, cheating, stealing, and doing a little run-in, but he fails to cost Angle the match. How he in mistakenly cost Lesnar the heavyweight championship. Your new WWE champion, Kurt Angle. Oh. So, a little foreshadowing. Obviously, Michael, later on when we do, I got to remember this. I got to make sure I keep the snow, but... Obviously, foreshadowing going in the future, we're going to see that I'm I'm going to book this match like it was obviously at WrestleMania 20. If you do remember WrestleMania 20, we saw Angle, we saw Guerrero, and we saw you know for the WWE excuse me championship. But this time it's going to be an Angle, not Guerrero. Mm, I like it. So you know, kind of like I said, a little foreshadowing, you know, down the down the road, but kind of mix it up a little bit. Amazing. Solid. Can't argue with it. <laughs> okay, my number four. We've got the tables match. Batista, Slayer versus the Dudleys. <clears throat> tables matches. The Dudleys' forte. They get a little bit of help. A little uh, little dude with some blonde hair who's crazy. Uh, 100 pounds soaking wet. Gets a run in. Hmm. Dudleys put Batista through the table. So we save Rick, right? Because here's the deal. We need, we need some shine on Batista. But we can always make it to where Batista got Batista got launched to this huge stage with Evolution. He's already got gold around him, but he's still green. He still makes some mistakes. And Flair is at the end of his line, but he's still a really, really smart guy. So he knows where to be. He just may not be able to get there as quickly as he wanted to back in his WCW days. Mm-hmm. Right? So Flair gets caught. We have a run-in from Spike. Batista, with Slayer down, thinks he can take on the entire Dudley family and their mom. <laughs> he gets caught up. He gets caught up with Spike. Spike hits him, drop kick into the turnbuckle. Batista comes out the turnbuckle wobbly, doesn't know what's going on. Bam! 3D through the table in the middle of the ring, and it gets the Dudleys their win. It's a tables match. It's the Dudleys. I feel like if you want to keep them strong, which at this point they still would have been and should have been. You allow them to win a match that is basically they created, and they know how to get around the numbers games because that's and again that's the other thing that Evolution has been so great at up until this point is the numbers game. They can always bring one more than the other person. Mm-hmm. And finally, because Triple H is worried about his thing, his thing with uh, Michaels, and um, and Orton is worried about you know. He thinks he, nobody's seen Spike in a while, so nobody nobody's really thinking about him. And then uh, and then Orange just out in the back, and he's young, so he doesn't know to protect everybody at all times and to be on his guard. So you start to look at the youth of Evolution and how they can grow as uh, you know heels and wrestlers and their whereabouts. Yeah, there you go. I like it. That works. All right, so I'm my a psychology, the psychology guy. There you <laughs> go. Sure, the way it sure. works. For sure. So my fourth match, um, we will see, um, it will be HBK, Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid. And he will be going up against the champion, Triple H, the the world champion. Um, But this is going to be a last man standing match like it was here um, on the pay-per-view. But what we're going to see here is we're going to see some some run and some interference. Um, We're going to see uh, the Dudley boys 
and McFoley are going to come down because what's going to happen during the match is you're going to get Evolution trying to come down to assist Triple H. Um, and you're going to see the Dudley Boys and McFoley come down and basically be able to counter this interference. Um, and then you will see uh, at a point where the Dudleys are going to come in and they're actually going to uh, put Triple H through that table and through that happening, uh, the referee's going to see uh, Triple H smash through the table, look at Shawn Michaels standing over him, and Shawn Michaels, in a very controversial finish, is going to be your new uh, world heavyweight champion. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Wow. Love it. Yep. Can't go wrong with having HBK win, that's for sure. Yeah, I just yeah. think that, so my, my line of thinking is here. For one, I'll say this, and uh, Triple H is who he is, but kind of in this era, I think one of the most off-putting things, and I don't think it was intentional on his part, maybe it somewhat was, right? But, um, of course, you know, he was always kind of book strong. I think in this aspect, you would transition the title over to Shawn Michaels, um, which, as we know, uh, didn't really happen, uh, in at least in this time period. Um, so you put that world title onto Shawn Michaels, and that helps build even more legitimacy uh, to the title. Um, and so that's my line of thinking here. Okay. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Makes sense. Yep. Uh, so... My quote main event, obviously we know the main event's going to be the Royal Rumble, but my other semi-main event, we can say, is going to be for the World Heavyweight Championship. It's going to pit Triple H, HBK, in a ladder match. Mm. So you're thinking, okay, Triple H, HBK, they're, you know, they're, not young, they're not young lions anymore, but you know, they really want to beat the tar out of each other you know you can have a steel cage you know you had hell in a cell you don't want to overshadow the royal rumble so you really don't want to have a big stipulation match so you know a ladder match is uh, okay you know you can have fun with it but you're still you're not going to overshadow the, the rumble match so we're going to see you know we're going to see the you know championship goes all the way up to the top we're going to see them make their entrances you know hbk they're going to Nose to nose, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna milk it for as much as long as they can uh, until we see at the end. You know, Evolution is very strong at this time. You know, obviously we saw Orton; he lost his championship. He wants to make an impact. What better way to make an impact is in the World Heavyweight Championship match and cost HBK the title to leave it on Triple H. Or so you think. You're going to see Randy Orton go to hit HBK with a chair, with a ladder, whatever he can get his hands on. But he misses, hits Triple H in the head, knocks him off the ladder as they're going up to get the title. HBK will then do a moonsault off the top of the ladder onto Randy Orton, knocking him out. And then you'll see HBK kind of stagger over set the ladder up, climb rung by rung, starts to uh, start to move. But you see Randy Orton grab him by the ankle to stop him from getting up that ladder. Your new world heavyweight champion, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. 
And thus, we will then see at WrestleMania 20. Like I said, foreshadowing. I love the foreshadow. That's going to be my word, new word, foreshadowing. We're going to see Orton and Triple H at WrestleMania. No titles on the line. It's going to be a grudge match. Solid. Here it is. Um, man, I feel bad going last now because mine is a legitimate combination of both of yours. <laughs> <laughs> All run-in participants included there, uh, Mr. Golden Voice, sir. So you and I are, are eerily <laughs> tracking the same way. You're welcome. Uh, I appreciate um, I've got Triple H and Shawn Michaels, too. I didn't change the match or anything. It's the last man standing. I love it. Um, Batista, so this is later on in the night. Batista and Flair just came out of uh, their match, so I would have these two guys wrestling for a, a pretty fair amount of time before I'd have Batista and Flair come in, just selling the table spot a little bit more for Batista. Right. Um, but I would have they, them come out. Orton comes out with him. He's finally learned, hey, even though I've got my own match, I still have to worry about my boys. Right, so we, we're now figuring out that Orton is learning along the way. Um, and it could even be Flair, you know, motioning from the back and Orton comes out as, and that kind of could write that moment of, you know, Orton figuring out all that kind of stuff. Um, so they come out, strengthen numbers. But behind Michaels, I don't have Foley. I really just, I want to say Foley for the Rumble. I don't want to change that spot. I just love it so much. So I really didn't want to change that. Just as a fan, I was like, I can't change that. That was brilliant. So I've got the Dudley boys and RVD, mm. who Michael had tagged with, you know, obviously the last couple of weeks. This is what got him that shot. But they come in to even the numbers, Spike included. So now, again, Evolution loves the numbers game, but it's RVD and the three Dudley boys. So Evolution, again, loses their numbers. They're already mad because Batista and Flair lost their title. They commence to fighting, and uh, the brawl is so bad between all of them that uh, the Dudleys get, a sh- or RVD gets his spot on Triple H, the Dudleys get Triple H in a 3D, and then they fight Evolution into the back. So we, we got to clear the ring out some way so we can get the last man standing count um, for Shawn Michaels to win. But Michaels ends up getting that spot. He ends up getting the win. I've got him going to Mania as a one-on-one for Benoit, mm-hmm. where Benoit will still win, but I want Benoit and Michaels in a one-on-one at Mania because who doesn't want Benoit and Michaels one-on-one in a Mania? And also, <laughs> and also, um, <laughs> now, after tonight, Randy Orton is the only one in Evolution that still has a belt, and thus, the seed is planted. Oh, God. Very well done. Very well done. So I'm going to give you guys my co-main event um, as well, and then I will go in. So I do have foreshadowing here uh, of going in. Well, you know what? Actually, mine has to wait though because my rumble is going to be a little bit different. So I'll wait till after my rumble if that's shocking. Okay. Shocker. So my co-main event uh, is we're going to actually see uh, Brock Lesnar. Uh, go up against Kurt Angle here. Um, he's going to defend his title at Kurt Angle at the Rumble. Um, and I know, I believe we had seen this, what, uh, the year previous at, at Mania? Or was it? Yeah, yeah it was the year previous, 19. 19. Um, but there's a reasoning behind this, and I'll get into it a little bit more. But 
basically, so Brock Lesnar, it was already kind of known to the company from my understanding, thinking back, obviously it's been several years ago, um, but that Brock Lesnar was going to be leaving. He wanted to try out for the Minnesota Vikings. There was a lot going on. They knew that basically Brock Lesnar was outbound. Now at this time, I know it, if memory serves, it may not have been a hundred percent by this time, but that's where, uh, that was the understanding. Um, so basically, uh, you're going to get Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar here in a no-holds-barred Philly street fight uh, for the WWF Championship. Um, and you're going to see basically a knockout, drag him out fight here, as, as we know Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar could do. Um, it would be fairly intense, but given the situation and Brock Lesnar's situation, you will see none other than Kurt Angle. It's true, it's true. He will become the new WWF Champion uh, when he, they're gonna, I mean, they're gonna brawl outside into the parking lot uh, and just go at it crazy. And you're gonna see Kurt Angle um, be able to hit the angle slam, maybe let's just say onto a car or something crazy like that. Uh, and you'll see Kurt Angle be able to defeat the mighty Brock Lesnar and become the WWF champion. Hey, you get an A plus for uh, for effort though, even though he gave you that main event too. So. <laughs> So you're you welcome. Well, I already welcome. had the main event before we started, but you're welcome. Yeah, I know. A. Okay, well, thank you. A for effort? A. Oh, you're killing me. Um, so I'll start off with uh, the final four in the Royal Rumble. We're going to have uh, my just kind of my final four are going to be Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho, and John Cena. You're thinking, okay, why John Cena? Yes, he's on the poster. That's not the only reason why I put him there. We saw earlier on that, you know, this whole thing with ruthless aggression. Who was the face of ruthless aggression? I guess you could say John Cena because he said it, but... You know, we're looking to make a splash. You're looking for that next guy coming up, that next quote-unquote Hulk Hogan, that next quote Rock, whatever. John Cena's that guy. He's had his critics since day one. I've been a fan-ish for of him. So what better way to get him over is to be in the final four of the World Rumble match. Uh, obviously, I don't have to, you know, every, you guys know the resume, all the listeners know the resume of Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, and Chris Jericho. There's no need to say any more than their names. But we're going to see, you know, the last, you know, you're going to see Benoit and Eddie go at it. You're going to see a lot of shenanigans. They've had a lot of history. They've been up and down the road together. But you're going to see Chris Jericho come in. And you're going to see Jericho eliminate Chris Benoit for the first elimination out of these four. So now we have Eddie, Chris, and Cena. So you're thinking, okay, maybe the two Wally veterans are going to take out John Cena. Well, you think so. Well, John Cena's going to get put over. Chris Jericho and Eddie are going to put him over. Cena's going to come up. AA, it's now known. AA, not once, twice. Get Jericho out of the ring. So now, face-to-face, you have Eddie Guerrero. You have John Cena, face-to-face. The winner of this goes on to WrestleMania 20, 
to face his respective champion of his choosing. So you think, okay, big stakes. Okay, well you're gonna see you're gonna see a little bit of lying. You see a little cheating. You can see Eddie Guerrero somehow get John Cena over the top rope. Your Royal Rumble winner for 2004, Eddie Guerrero, and thus we're going to see him face Kurt Angle, who has the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 20, Madison Square Garden. This time, however, he's going to win back the championship. Or excuse me, he's going to win his first championship. Excuse me, because he wouldn't have won it at No Mercy. But win his first WWE Heavyweight Championship on the grandest stage of them all, WrestleMania 20. Very solid, sir. Very good. Indeed. Well done. I like the uh, I like the roller coaster that uh, that you took us on there. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, that's really creepy. You and I have three of the four uh, <laughs> same people. Um, so my final four is Benoit, Cena, uh, Eddie Guerrero, and Kurt Angle. So the reason why I have Eddie is, and I thought that I was thinking way outside the box and I was going to impress somebody on this recording by having Eddie Guerrero in my final four. Turns out, I'm just the second guy to have Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so the next night, so yeah, all right, so we'll get there. So I like Cena here for a lot of the reasons that you talked about, RJ. Yeah. So what I think is, Cena's going to throw, call it Kane, right? So we're down to the last five. Cena gets Kane over the top. So it's the final four, and Benoit, Eddie, and Angle, all three of them look at Cena, and this is kind of this this ode to what Benoit, Eddie, and Angle have done at this point to great wrestling and then to the next guy up, right, which is going to be Cena. And the three of them kind of have this moment of clarity where they're like, absolutely not. And all three of them immediately throw Cena over the top rope, mm. which gives credibility to Cena. Not because it's not like a weird bump got him over or something like that. But three veterans, three world class wrestlers, all looked at that guy and went, "Not right now, but we definitely don't need you to be in here to win. So we're just going to go ahead and take care of you the easy way. All three of us are going to throw you out, and that gives a lot of credibility to Cena." So he doesn't last long at all. I mean, like, he throws Kane, he turns around, there's a four-way stare down, and then, in, I mean, between him throwing Kane over the rope and ten seconds later, he's out. With mm. a lot of credibility, he's out. So it's Benoit, Eddie, and Angle. There's a moment of, you know, just a handshake triple threat, like best man wins, whatever it is, because they've got a lot of, uh, you know, um, respect for each other. Angle throws Eddie over. So Eddie's gone in third place, and we build Eddie because I really liked I, I, the part of the reason why I didn't change a lot of this is because I just really enjoyed the writing. I remember watching this and going back and looking at it. I liked a lot of the storylines that they went with, and for Eddie to beat Chavo, come in third at the Rumble, and then the next night on SmackDown they held the 15-man over-the-top battle royal because the winner defected. Eddie still wins that. So in a span of 24 hours, he's won a match, he's coming third in a Rumble, and he's won a Rumble, and he has a rocket 
strapped to him and just sends him to the moon going to Mania where he goes over there as well. On Angle. Excuse me, on Lesnar. I'm sorry. So it's down to Benoit and Angle. And then I've got Benoit throws Angle over. I've got Benoit winning. I liked where they had him right here. I love that Benoit had this spot. I love that he was the one that won this Rumble. And I love what they did with him and Triple H and Michaels going to Mania. I just nixed Triple H over the next few weeks and had a one-on-one with Benoit and Michaels. And Angle can stay strong and gets immediately back into the championship contendership with Lesnar over on SmackDown. There's your four. And your winner. Awesome. That is... Very, that's thought provoking and, and, and very well uh, stated, uh, Cam. I really like what you kind of did there. It makes a lot of sense. So, moving on to my Rumble, uh, I'll give you my last four. So, my last four for the 2004 uh, Rumble is going to be John Cena, Rob Van Dam, Randy Orton, and Goldberg. So, so basically, you're going to see, you know, this is going to come down to, again, you're going to get so, and perhaps I'm overbooking here, but I'm just going to go for it. So, you're going to have Evolution kind of come out, be that distraction. So, this is going to allow Orton, because Goldberg's going to see them, and they're already going to have, you know, kind of their differences. And Orton's going to eliminate yeah. Goldberg uh, here, uh, and that's going to be your first elimination out of the Final Four. Then you're going to see the HBK and the Dudleys come out, uh, and they're going to, you know, Goldberg's going to, going to, going to go after Evolution. He's, he's pissed, obviously, and he's going to go after them. So, you know, they're going to basically uh, help Goldberg kind of attack them. So then seeing this, uh, you know, this is going to uh, cause Orton to kind of be distracted. You get Cena and RVD kind of tag teaming up, and they uh, will eliminate Orton from behind. So your final two in this match are going to be uh, John Cena and Rob Van Dam, two you know, up-and-comers, um, obviously Cena being the younger one. Basically, you're going to get Cena and RVD kind of going back and forth here. Uh, you're going to get Cena to send RVD over the ropes, but we all know how athletic uh, RVD is. He is going to you know, skin the cat, so to speak. He's going to come back up. Cena's going to already be celebrating, and Rob Van Dam's going to take that advantage, and he is going to eliminate Cena and your winner of the 2004 Royal Rumble, Rob Van Dam. So that's, I kind of went in a totally different direction here, you know, based off of, you know, just a couple of things, but just how I thought, what I was trying to get to, and this is where I'm going to kind of give you guys my aftermath and what I, my foreshadow scene happening at Mania. So on the Raw side, you're going to see HBK versus RVD for, for, for the world title. And basically what's going to happen at Mania is uh, you're going to get Evolution kind of teasing that they're recruiting RVD, that they want RVD to join them. They're going to help him beat, um, they're going to help them beat HBK. But Triple H is actually going to screw over RVD at Mania and assist HBK when he quote-unquote doesn't see the interference and super kicks RVD to retain his title. The, on the SmackDown side of things, you're gonna get Eddie. You're gonna get the Eddie versus Angle match. But Eddie uh, already uh, is going to be the champion. They're gonna kind of go about it the same way here. 
or I'm sorry, Eddie's going to win the title. What am I talking about? Eddie's going to win the title from Kurt Angle here uh, and kind of give Eddie that spotlight in the moment uh, at WrestleMania. Then you're going to see, there's going to be a couple other things, not to be too long-winded here, but you're going to see a loser leaves WWE match between Triple H and Goldberg. It's going to put some pretty intense stakes there. You're going to see, that's basically this is going to be your final match of the night. It's really going to be hyped up as Triple H matches uh, typically were. <clears throat> and you're going to see HBK come out after a ref bump uh, in that match. And he's going to tease, oh, he's out to help Goldberg, right? Not so much. He is going to uh, have a sledgehammer. He's going to act like he's going to hit Triple H, but instead he's going to knock out Goldberg. Triple H wins. Goldberg goes away, as he did anyway. You're going to kind of see HBK join up with a subgroup with Triple H called DX Illusion, or however you want to say it. (laughs) So that's going to be that. And then you'll get the Raw Tag Titles where the Dudleys are going to beat Evolution to win the belts. And I'm not going to go into the rest of the stuff. But basically, this is going to kind of, you know, give you those stakes at WrestleMania. I mean, another note I had here is Cena beating Lesnar for the number one contendership for the WWF title. And then Jericho defeating Orton for the number one contendership for the world title. So, you know, I I just wanted to kind of play into that and have HBK kind of align himself uh, in evolution with, you know, those those guys and kind of extend it and make it interesting, so to speak. That was definitely interesting. And for those listeners that obviously can't see Michael right now, but he actually did not breathe during that whole thing. No, no, <laughs> he kept it all in a single breath. That was great. Trying to, trying to. Yeah, no, no, it, it's a lot really to good. get. I would have never thought to, to make it on a part of, a part of uh, evolution. That, that's good writing. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and I'm not going to lie to you, part of this is I did I did make the, the conscious choice. I mean, we all know what happened with Chris Benoit, and obviously at that time the writers didn't know, so I kind of did, I mean, not that that play, and I have much respect for Chris Benoit's work. It has nothing to do with uh, his, but, you know, I, I, I even, even back then, before obviously we knew everything what, you know, was going to transpire or did transpire with, with Chris Benoit, I even thought back then, I thought it was a shame, I, I, so correct me if I'm wrong. I don't believe RVD ever won a Royal Rumble, so that's to me is no. kind of a travesty no, in and of itself. Um, and I think RVD got screwed over a lot. So this is kind mm-hmm. of my bounce back to say no, RVD wins the Royal Rumble here. I like hey, it. Hey, why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? So with that being said, first and foremost, we want to thank you very much for coming on tonight, Cam. Uh, yeah. I know you're a busy guy. You got a lot of you know. A lot of stuff doing over there, a couple marks, and, uh, you know, definitely uh, you got two listeners here that uh, really like your work. Appreciate that, man. Thank you guys for having me on. This was uh, this was fun. This tested me. We've never done anything like this before, so uh, a little outside of my wheelhouse, but I'm glad I was able to do it, so this is going to be uh, this is gonna be fun. Now I know what I'm working with, but I'll never ask back on them. I got this. You got Hey, awesome. any, anytime you want to come back on, we'd love to have you. Appreciate that. Yeah, and uh, Cam... That. Do you want to plug your your stuff real quick where we could find you on Twitter and and all that fun stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate that. Um, So we're on Twitter at ACM Wrestling, Facebook.com forward slash ACM Wrestling, and then we're on Instagram at ACM Wrestling Podcast. Uh, We're on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever main thing you use we're on. There you go. Yeah, so we're very active. I'm very active on Twitter, so I will talk to pretty much anybody that gives me the time to pay. It's really great. And awesome. talk about and talk to him about WCW. 
Not sure what exactly you just said there, sir, but I take it you're going to give me uh, what you want me to to kind of do for the ringside rant this week? Yes, sir. Okay. Bring it on. So, the Hurricane, a.k.a. Shane Helms, for those listeners that don't know the Hurricane, first of all, shame on you. The Hurricane wins the Royal Rumble match. Then he goes on to WrestleMania 20 where he wins the heavyweight championship of the world. Good? Good. All right. So you have 30 seconds. Let me know when you're ready. I'll start the clock. Ready Ready. whenever you are, sir. Ready, set, and go. So there's a hurricane coming through, and it's coming through the 2004 Royal Rumble, and the hurricane is going to fire through. He's going to eliminate all of the competitors and make his way to WrestleMania where he will become the greatest superhero of all time and the new world heavyweight champion of the WWE. Your champion, Hurricane Helms. Yes, indeed. Uh, very good. You know, I thought it went a little, a little easier than I thought it would. I tried not to, you know, tried not to, you know, banish you too much with the uh, ringside rant this week but hey A plus for effort so there, there's this saying that imitation is flattery or something like that right so I'm going sure. to follow your guidelines here and if you'll bear with me I'm just going to draw up my time clock here alright I have the stopwatch once again so your ringside rant this week my good sir is going to be Ernest the Cat Miller winning the 2004 Royal Rumble and going on to become the WWE World Champion so good luck with that sir let me know when you're ready can you see it I can see you can see clearly now alright and three two one go so Lamar's coming down Somebody call my mama. Somebody call my mama. Ernest the Cat Miller's shoving on down to ringside. He's going to hop into the ring. He's going to throw John Cena over the top, Eddie Guerrero over the top, Chris Benoit over the top. Your new Royal Rumble winner, Ernest the Cat Miller. He then goes on to WrestleMania. He defeats Triple H. One, two, three. He puts Lamar on top of him. And Your done. New champion, Ernest the Cat Miller. All right. I think I threw out my shoulder. Maybe from trying to call your mama, you might have done that. I don't so. know what that was. It's like a, I thought I was doing like the lucha, lucha, lucha. Oh, I thought you were fandangoing. 
Remember that? Remember when that was a thing? Remember when that was a thing, RJ? And then, like, it was a big thing, and then, like, WWE got on board with it, and then they, like, killed it off in, like, three weeks. Because it got over too much, that's why. (laughs) It got over more than the main roster. It's kind of like having Fandango go over on Jericho at WrestleMania. Indeed. You're welcome. All Elite. (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, great show. Like I said, lastly, you know, before we close out, I want to pre- thank Cam from the uh, Couple Marks Wrestling Podcast for coming on. Check out their podcast at ACM Wrestling on Twitter. They're all over Facebook. Check them out, iTunes, Anchor. Uh, all You just basically type in a couple marks, wrestling podcast, throw them in your Google machine. It'll give you every type of platform they're on, all their uh, podcasts. Uh, they do a fantastic job. They really do. I've, like I said before, I listened to them since day one-ish. For us, for next week, Michael, uh, we have another special guest coming on. For a lot of you that are listening right now may or may not know this gentleman's name, but we're going to have the one, the only, Rodney Mack, former ECW and WWE superstar, coming on our show He's going to be sitting down with us. We're going to have a few questions like we did for Cam, like we will do with all our guests. Uh, and then we're going to go over and revise a rebook ECW Heat Wave from 2000. So it's going to be a great – I can't wait to sit down and talk to Rodney Mack. Uh, watched him at ECW, watched him at WWE with uh, Teddy Long uh, and his wife Jazz as well as Mark Henry. So uh, definitely have a lot of good things to talk and chat with him about and uh, – you know, and, and rebook this pay-per-view. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. We'll have the Red Dog on. Uh, yeah, I again, much like yourself, uh, I very much did appreciate Rodney Mack and his work in both ECW and WWF or WWE, as it were. Um, as always, you're welcome for gracing you with my wonderful card tonight. We did have a, an excellent guest in Cam tonight. That was awesome. RJ had an A for effort, and I believe that will be a shirt soon uh, over there um, with our vendor, What For Apparel. Uh, definitely check them out, whatforapparel.com forward slash revisionist book. Um, as always, you're welcome. And RJ, let the revisionist revolution begin.